Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of The Snapshot. We're your hosts. My name is Brendan Patrick, and I'm joined by none other than KM Best. The Snapshot is a Marvel Snap podcast focused on the competitive side of the game. And in episode 13, we're diving into the new nerfs to Thanos, Shuri, and Arrow, as well as breaking down how those nerfs are currently impacting the meta. Let's get into it. All right, KM, your week in Marvel Snap, sir. My weekend Marvel Snap has been a bunch of tournament watching. I've been paying much attention to the burgeoning tournament scene, giving as much shine as I can to the tournaments they're running that I can co-stream. Um, and what I've learned is Shuri is really good. Mm-hmm. Yep. What I what I what I what I've also learned is in mirrors you should try to draw Shuri as much as possible, mm-hmm. and then have your opponent not do that. Does it feel a bit similar to Zabu mirrors at all? Oh yeah. Yeah. I did the thing. Ha, 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 ha. And then there's like the stuff that matters around the periphery, right? Like if all else held equal, if both people have Sherry, the person who's curving out better is probably going to win. But yeah, you don't always both have Sherry, do you? So I spent the last few days moving into a new apartment. So I haven't played too much. Uh, so I, I want you to update me a little bit on the meta in terms and tell me how these Shuri mirrors play out. So when I even you say it's similar to Zabu, some things come to mind. It's like, are people snapping on turn three because they have Shuri in hand? Are they like bluff snapping? Are you staying in for that? What's that play line? It's more a little safe. It's more a little safe. Like, I don't I don't know if you can reasonably snap those because it's like, OK, remember, the rule wasn't you snap when you have Zabu in hand. It was you snap after you play Zabu and you see them not. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's the same with Shuri, right? If you start snapping with Shuri's in hand and your opponent has a little bit better of an early curve and they also have the Shuri combo, well, that's a little iffy. It's very contextual, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, The mirrors are kind of a (laughs) crapshoot, kind of, you know, just draw and location dependent, but that's, that's most mirrors in most card games. So there's not much you can do to complain about that. Um, as far as other decks, there's a bunch of stuff I want to try. Like, there's like a Negasonic Doomwave deck that I am fairly certain can beat Shuri. There's a Thanos lane control deck that I am fairly certain beats Shuri. Uh, things like that. There's also, uh, this is, I think, the biggest thing in the metagame for me. A Korean Patriot list with Shang-Chi and Leech. Mm. I, I love that. That, that player also ran a move list with the same two tech cards in it. I'm not big brain enough to play the move list, but I've really enjoyed playing the Patriot one. Um, so one more question about the Shuri deck. So in, so in the pre-nerf Zabu, um, your opponent could drop Zabu on three. Uh, if you don't have the Zabu, it's pretty bad, obviously, but you could potentially draw Zabu, play it on four, and still be live to like win that game or at least be in that game. I'm assuming in the Shuri mirror, your, per- your opponent goes Shuri on four. You don't have it. You draw it on five. You're much less live to win that because the Shuri play line yeah, on four, yeah, five, correct. six is very, very on rails, right? It's Shuri, correct. Red Skull, big play, and then Taskmaster. Yes. Okay. How important is priority or the lack thereof in the Shuri mirror, do you find? Pretty important because, like, you know, you have like a lot of these sort of very live Cosmo plays towards mm-hmm. the end of games, yeah. but pulling them off is difficult. They're guesses. The Shuri Mirror is full of a lot of, you know, a lot of the wine in front of me scenario. Like, ah, well, my opponent would never play the Taskmaster here because they know that I expect them to play the Taskmaster here. But if they know that I know that they know that I expect them to play the Taskmaster here, then they will play the Taskmaster here. There's a lot of there's a lot of that. <laughs> there's so a lot of my follow up question. Of just like, be, uh, could you play Kang in those lists then? 
if there is I have no idea if that would even be helpful. It would just give you a second shot at being... First of all, if you do play Kang, you know, (laughs) you might get it Cosmode. Second of all, like, if if you... I don't think Kang helps, because all it does is tell you where they played, and then they have a new shot that just starts the game over. Yep. It's the same same mind game. Well, actually, I think that... I think that uh, if this is correct, and I could be talking out of my butt here, it's like if you Kang them and then they rewind and you stay in the game, you signal to them that that previous play is a losing play and now they have to choose the other play, but the other play is actually significantly, like a significantly better no, play I for think, them. Yeah, I think you're wrong about that. Is it the I opposite? I think you're wrong about that. Is it? No, I just think it doesn't signal anything. Doesn't signal anything. It doesn't signal that previous play is a losing play. It signals that if, if, if you, like in a situation where the game comes down to, you know, I have Kang, and I need to figure out where you're playing Taskmaster so I can Cosmo it. It doesn't tell you anything. Mm-hmm. It just tells you, you know, uh, you're going to do another guessing game. It's the Monty yeah. Hall problem. It doesn't tell you shit. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the news here. So I just want to update from last week's podcast. We did talk about Conquest. It was clarified via Discord, the Marvel Snap Discord. I believe that there are no bots in Conquest, which is Good news. <laughs> um, KM, we had an awesome bundle come up recently called the Weekend Bundle. 1K collector tokens, 200 gold, 200 credits for $20. Did you uh, did you pick that one up? I didn't, yeah. but someone did the math on it, and apparently it's not as bad as it looks, which says nothing good about the rest of the Marvel Snap economy. So what this bundle did, which is kind of funny, and I think why there was a lot of outrage in particular, was that it really made it clear how much it costs for like a series five card. It was like, wow, every series five card is a hundred dollars because it's 1k collector tokens. And I think that once like that kind of really pissed people off. We talked about Teenage Negasonic Warhead. That card obviously came out. It's a three, four and it says any card. Yeah, Teenage Negasonic Warhead. That's the card. That's it, right? <laughs> Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Is it? Okay. I literally wrote it in those Teenage yeah. Negasonic Warhead. Negasonic Teenage <laughs> Warhead. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you're being facetious. Like, oh, shit. What did I do wrong? Um, three, four, after any card is played here, destroy this card and that card. Um, you mentioned a list that you think is able to be Shuri. Have you been playing with this card in particular a lot yourself? And what are your thoughts I on it? I kind of think she still sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, like, okay, she's good at this one very specific play. And here's the play. Mm-hmm. You have priority in Daredevil. Your opponent plays a Shuri Red Skull and you blow it up with Negasonic. Mm-hmm. That, that's the thing she does. Yeah. Uh, it, it works exactly when your opponent is a deck that can't fight for priority with you and when they rely on a five drop. Mm-hmm. So I guess it would also be good at a devil dinosaur. Yeah. I also have one more question that I forgot to ask is that so pre nerf versus post nerf. Are you having more or less fun playing Marvel snap? The same. The same. Yeah. I mean, I like I don't I don't think it did much to change anything for me. Mm hmm. Did you, uh, yeah, uh, I know some people were, they really started to dislike the the Thanos mirrors, or maybe they just, you know, they hadn't. No, they sucked, but like, you know, so does Shuri mirrors. Yeah. That's just mirrors. Mirrors are not always super incredible in card games, especially ones where your deck is so small. Yeah. And like where, where missing a card can feel such, so like such a big deal. Um, if you have been playing a lot of ranked, how do you feel about the deck diversity in ranked post nerf? You know who you're talking to, right? This is the battle mode player. <laughs> The guy who plays bots. Oh my god! Yeah, it's. I'm super excited for next month. The deck we... diversity, like, like, like the deck diversity in ranked is like whether or not the two people I play decide to play something different that day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I ranked. Who plays that? 
Right. Hopefully this get that gets fixed with this next upcoming patch. We talked about a lot last season, but if not conquest, at least it's going to be, is going to be your savior there. So we have mm-hmm. got some good. So we do have some series drops, um, by the way, Zabu, uh, from five to four, Sauron five to four, Shadow King five to four, Shauna and Dazzler as well. Then four to three is Okra, Orca, Atuma, and everybody's favorite Mbaku. Just good to see these go. You know, Shadow King probably not not the best series five card at the moment. I actually did open this. Oh, really? The, yeah. <laughs> Damn. I did open this during the variant rush. I saved up some chess and I got both Shadow yeah. King and Dazzler. I was pretty hyped. Um, April 3rd coming up. Animal Assemble. Animals Assemble season. We've got Hit Monkey. On reveal, gain plus two power for each other card you played this turn. Cam, how are you feeling about this one? So I think a lot of people like to say things like, okay, so Hitmonkey's got to come out. It's going to make Sandman good, right? But I'm not sure any of that matters as long as Shuri is still around in the current form that it's in. Yeah. Like, you know what's, you know what's really good against Sandman? Shuri Red Skull Taskmaster. Like, really good. I could imagine. I didn't even see a lot of Sandman back when in the Thanos meta, so I'd be very surprised to see it in a Shuri meta. Yeah. Yeah. And like, People talk about like a card like Hitmonkey. It could be good, but I feel like it needs to be part of a deck with tools to interact and beat Shuri some of the time, or it's just never going to get enough points on the board. Mm-hmm. So now uh, I, I, there is there's something to be said for like okay, I play a bunch of zero costs. I play a Mysterio. I play a Hitmonkey. It's like fifteen, and I can compete in a Red Skull lane. And it's like you know maybe. <laughs> Yeah, and that's all I'm interested. I want to, I want you to be able to do this. I want you to be able to pull this off. I don't know if you can. Yeah, and I want you to. The consistency of doing that and the amount of hoops you're gonna have to jump through versus your opponent who's literally going Shuri, Red Skull, Taskmaster, right? It's just the other deck is much more linear and simple. Are there any other upcoming series five or card releases that you are particularly excited for? Any that stand out that you want to mention? Can we go into May? Yeah, we can go into May. High Evolutionary looks awesome. High Evolutionary. So High Evolutionary is a 4-7. Um, it says at the start of your game, unlock the secret ability of all cards with no abilities. What about this? Looks cool. What are, the, what are the secret abilities? What do you think they are? You don't know them? They, they, they leaked those oh, they two. Leaked Basically, those two, it's, like, it, 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 it's like Alt-Patriot, right? Mm-hmm. So like what it does is it gives like Wasp, uh, like it gives Wasp, Abomination, the Hulk, cyclops and shocker and like it gives the all these cards new abilities right the Mm -hmm. cards that have no abilities it gives them abilities and all their abilities are themed around uh two things one is playing off curve meaning floating mana Mm -hmm. and the other is giving your opponent's units negative power so like wasp for example gives two random units at a location minus one power uh the thing does it three times or whatever they end up becoming these like really powerful units that are themed around doing this right Mm -hmm. and the payoffs are abomination who costs one less for every uh card on the board that your opponent has that has been afflicted with negative power so you know scorpion hazmat pretty good uh and then there is hulk who is an ongoing getting plus two power for every card on the board uh, mm-hmm. afflicted with negative power. And I just think that's awesome. Uh, I'm a big fan of deck defining cards in Marvel Snap. They're very easy to recommend people buy. And that's a big question I get a lot. So whenever there's a card that's like a cool and B unique and makes it's basically like buying eight new cards 
Yeah. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, definitely a cool card. I've seen a bit of hype on Twitter for that card, and I saw people were excited. Kind of my first question with it was, it does it finally make Cyclops good? Because I know a lot of people feel like Cyclops is done dirty in Marvel Snap, um, just being yeah. kind of the vanilla 3-4. Uh, and then last... Okay, but like, I think that's good flavor. Cyclops is the vanilla guy. Like, that's that was like, there, there was like, I don't know how many years of Marvel Comics there was where the, the story was Jean Grey is torn between bad boy Wolverine and straight-laced Cyclops. It makes sense that he's vanilla. Yeah. Last thing I have on here, Cam, is you have an upcoming tournament. Um, I think it's I a, do. a $500 prize pool. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Are you going to be in it? I was thinking about it. So like, I just saw today when I was doing notes, because like I said, I've been moving apartments, which is obviously very, very fun, and also moving cards, which sucks. But uh, yeah, I was, I was thinking about it. Well, well, pitch it to us. Tell people what to expect and what you've got going on there. The tournament is called Best of the Besties 1, a Fool's Day Fury. The only requirements are that you're a current subscriber of my Twitch uh, or, you know, at the time of registration. So if your sub's going to expire and you don't want to give me another five dollars, get it in. And I don't really care. <laughs> so those, those are the only requirements right now. Uh, subbed on Twitch, join the discord because that's where the tournament's going to be organized out of. Mm-hmm. And the way I've set it up is there's going to be a Swiss and a top eight. So you're just going to play against people and the best records get into the top eight. Uh, if we run into, if we get like too many people signing up, I'll have to move, make it a two day event. We do Saturday and Sunday. I don't expect too many people signing up. I expect a totally normal number of people. Uh, but the prize pool is frankly very good, mm. uh, especially in the context of like the current Marvel snap tournaments that are out there. Uh, this prize pool is $500 out of my pocket. Uh, it's going to be 200 for first place, 100 for second, uh, 50 for third and fourth, and 25 each to uh, fifth through eighth. There is going to be a best of three uh, in the grand finals, and the Swiss and the rest of the top eight is best of one battle mode. And that is pretty much how it's going to go. You pick one deck and you go with it. Mm-hmm. And you'll be commentating, right? I will be. I'll also have some special guests at various times during the broadcast. Yeah, sounds like a sweet deal. Yeah, I'll de- I'm I'm definitely going to sign up then. Uh, can you what was that date again? Just so we can reiterate on it. When what's that? It's going to be April 1st, 2023. Fool's Day, mm. April Fool's Day. It's Fool's Day Fury, baby. And there's going to be more KM best tournaments in the future, I believe. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that sounds good. I hope. I hope that it you know turns out the way you do and it's successful. You can keep running these. Maybe do a little, um, little season of them. Oh, I don't make any money on this. Like when you say successful, uh, the money is already made for me. Mm-hmm. It was a sub goal to run this, right? I mean, successful uh, in terms of running, running, uh, like running easy, no problems. It it works out oh, how you want oh, to. Oh, good oh, content, oh, oh, oh. all that. I pay a guy to do that for me. <laughs> I'm paying a TO to make it so I can just focus on commentating and doing the content, right? Like, because that's the value for me is that I get, you know, seven hours or whatever of content out of it on my channel. I can put it on YouTube, things like that. And that is, you know, that might that might be something. Who knows? If you, uh, what would you suspect in terms of like top eight, top performing decks, mainly like a winning deck? Do you think there's any dark horses people are maybe, maybe letting kind of cruise by them right now that could take that tournament? It's hard to tell because it's a week out, but I think, you know, there are like 
three different Thanos lists that I think could be plausible. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ongoing Thanos, Lane Control Thanos, and the Johnson Thanos deck. There are uh, obviously the Patriot list that I think is a legitimate list. There are, and and then, you know, let's be honest, Shuri. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's Shuri. Not a dark horse, but it, in fact, what's the opposite of a dark horse? I don't know. Is there a word for it? Odds on favorite? Probably. Probably something like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> because that's that's Shuri. That's our girl right there. Uh, we'll be trying to break it. I will say that much. I know that there are going to be talented players in the field who are going to be trying to break it. Uh, but yes, yeah, signups are live over at start.gg. Uh, it is linked on my Twitter. Uh, there's a command in my Twitch chat. So if you are a subscriber or you just, you know, you want to be a participant in the tournaments and you have a Twitch prime, however you want to handle that, be my guest. Uh, I just sort of, I've been getting a lot of mileage out of tournament content. I hit the sub goal and it was like, all right, let's do it. Mm -hmm. Let's do this. We're doing it. Yeah. And there is a link to Cam's Discord in the description below as well, which, like you said, will be a hub for people looking for information and looking for sign-up links, yeah. I assume. That's, the, the way we're going to run it, basically, is it's going to run out of the Discord in tables. It's going to be virtual tables, right? And so if I want to watch someone's game, all I have to do is pull them from the table to the feature match area. It's exactly like a physical card game, basically. Mm-hmm. And that is what's going to allow me to do commentary on it. There's going to be like a, a, a very mild delay. So no one gets sniped by people watching my channel. Uh, but other than that, we should be good to go. Yep. Sweet. All right. Well, onto the bend and snap section. So we didn't have a question this week. So the question does come from me. My question was for you, Cam. What is your sort of background and history in card games? What was the card gamer pre-Marvel Snap? What was the KM card gamer? What did you do? What games did you play? And what level did you play them at? Uh, so there's two answers to this question. The first answer is when I was a kid, I found a Thunderscape battle mage on the ground in front of my school, and I was hooked on Magic the Gathering. I want to make sure I got that in that card right. I'm pretty sure it's the one with the axes, <laughs> the red one. Thunderscape. Thunderscape. I think I, I think that yeah, that is Thunderscape Battle Mage. I found a Thunderscape Battle Mage. This was when Apocalypse was probably like the most recent set. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was I was struck by the art, the the just every it looked cool. That was pretty much it, right? Uh, I guess even before that, I I collected Pokemon cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess my my playing the games like actually playing them. I don't think we ever played Pokemon correctly. We just sort of like got the cards. Yeah, it was that. It was a Thunderscape Battle Mage. It was Yu-Gi-Oh! It was this. And then I basically stopped until college when I got into it along with uh, a couple of the other members of my friend group. Got back into Magic. Played some Magic. One of my friends got like pretty good. Like regionally good, I would say. Uh, I never bothered. I never got much past the FNM level. I didn't really have the money to spend on expensive cards. And it's just sort of, you know, you're a college kid. That just kind of is what it is, right? And then in, I think, 2015 or 2016, I am sitting at work. I just got a new job and it was so boring. I had to do this training that like it was, it was months of training on like the easiest subjects possible. And I was like, God, I need something to play on my phone. And so I went to look for uh, like a magic duels game or something, right? I was like, I want to play like, I'll play duels of the planeswalkers. I don't care. I just want to play something magic-y on my phone. 
and my phone couldn't run it. It just couldn't run whatever. I had like an old phone at the time. And so it recommended Hearthstone and I played Hearthstone. So I downloaded Hearthstone and I just sort of, you know, I played a bunch of Hearthstone. And it was like uh, suddenly I ended up being, you know, good. I, I was like, I, I, my, I was playing Hearthstone. It's like, OK, well, I keep going up these ranks. That's interesting. I, my, my rank keeps going up. It's going up and up and up. And I hit like rank five. And that's what I'm like, OK, I should probably, you know, this game is fun. I'm enjoying investing in it. Let's see. Uh, let's try to get better. So I join a couple of discords. I try to get better. I hit legend. I'm like a dumpster legend player for a couple months. And then I get better, right? Uh, I'm like someone who was occasionally finishing in top 200 back when that rewarded points. Not that I had any like desires to actually get anywhere with it. Just like, you know, I wanted to have my name on the list. It was cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was pretty much it. My my desires for for competitive card gaming sort of went as far as uh, people online listen to my opinion. <laughs> that's that's about as far as it got. And um, so I, you know, I, I got to the point where I was like, you know, a, a reasonable threat to, you know, be a top 200, top 100 player. Not that I ever thought I was that good. Honestly, I don't think I was. Um, that was pretty OK. And, you know, I uh, eventually, you know, like everyone just sort of fell out with Hearthstone. Uh, I was watching a Brian Kibler stream and I saw him stream MTG Arena and I saw I saw one of the the legendary dragons. I think it was uh, the Jund one, Vevictus Asmati from uh, M18 or M19, I want to say. M19, yeah. And I was like. That's super cool. I'll go download Magic Arena. And then I downloaded Magic Arena and I was like, ah, I'm playing Magic Arena. The first month of Magic Arena had an extended season. So I hit Mythic in it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I hit Mythic. And then uh, uh, they they announced the Invitational and it was like, OK, cool. I should try to qualify for that. Uh, the the like by getting to like top 100 or 200 or whatever. Right. And uh, I, I did that. I, I, I didn't qualify for the top eight, though. I was just trying to qualify for like some sort of point thing. I wanted to finish in. I forgot what the, the event was, but like if you finished in the top something, you got something right. I don't I don't remember what it was. And this is when I was still playing best of one. I was playing best of one mono red. Mm, nice. And so the next month I. This is now we're into like the next month or the month after. I want to say now we're into like March 2019. Uh, I played best of three for the first time and I hit mythic rank one in in arena. So that's like my first month playing best of three. I I have already peaked, right? (laughs) I have already hit rank one in magic arena. That is that is the highest you can possibly go. And I did it in my first month playing best of three. And then from there, I was like a sort of, I don't know, arena grinder slash content slash Twitter person. Right. And I met a bunch of really good players who became close friends. I am very. But eventually I just got to the point where I was driving myself nuts. Right. Like I am not built for tournaments. I am not built for putting that kind of stress on me. All I can think about is worst case scenarios. And that is not a competitor's mindset. And so especially at that point in my life, when things are much less stable for me, uh, I, I just had I just had very little, uh, I guess I would say, ability to regulate my own emotions. And it was a very unhappy time for me. So I ended up quitting magic. 
I got back into. You're not going to believe this because it, it rhymes. I got into Marvel Snap because I wanted a game to play at work. Mm. <laughs> it all comes back to wanting a game to play at work. And then, uh, you know, because I was good at card games previously, I had a significant leg up. Because I uh, was in the beta from an earlier period, I had a significant leg up. Because I, and I, so I just like, I started, I don't know, I started like writing guides to decks. It's just what I know how to do. Mm-hmm. And posting them on Twitter. It's just what I know how to do. I eventually started streaming. It's just what I know how to do. And then when the game came out, like basically the day of the game came out, Steven was like, yeah, you're the highest MMR player in the game. And I put that in my Twitch title and it all just sort of snowballed from there. And now people come to me to get better, I guess. And maybe they come to me for my community. I'm hoping because I put a lot of focus on, on, on growing that. I've had good role models as far as streamers go. And I am just grinding every day to try to pay the people back who invested their time in watching me, talking in my Discord, and subscribing to me on YouTube, and subscribing to me on Twitch, in everything, right? And so now I just feel like I have no idea what the future holds. And it's this is, this is something that I find far more satisfying than really any kind of anything that I found in these other games. And I guess that's just because I finally feel like I'm really helping people. Mm -hmm. And obviously I'm very happy with how other people are investing in me. Did you have an affinity for like a certain class in Hearthstone and a certain uh, archetype in Magic? Hell yeah, bro. I loved Paladin and I loved Mono Red. Okay. <laughs> Those are, I, I actually remember I remember talking to Jerry Thompson about this and he was like, yeah, actually, I feel like Hearthstone gave me an appreciation for how aggro decks could be very difficult to play. Mm-hmm. Like uh, playing Paladin and Hearthstone gave me that. And that's Jerry Thompson, right? So I, I think, yeah, like, like that's part of, that was the original draw of Marvel Snap for me is everything is aggro mirrors. That's my preferred type of game. I, I hate waiting. I hate waiting and like, oh, oh let me t- take 20 minutes. I hate that about magic. I hate the turn timers. I hate all of it. Yep. The asynchronous turn timer is basically, yeah, you play your turn, then you sit there and watch the opponent play their turn. It's, uh, yeah, it's not fun. It feels, it does feel a bit archaic to me at this point when I try to go back. Um, I do have one follow-up question since you do have a history of sort of a, and also a current of being high on, uh, on, on leaderboards with the, with the release of the Marvel Snap leaderboard coming here soon. Do you have any aspirations or goals for that? Or are you more focused on streaming community and tournaments? Are they going to take the bots off of the leaderboard? Let's assume they do, right? Let's assume it's fair. Then yeah, maybe. Yeah. Go for rank yeah. one. Cool. Yeah, maybe. Like, if there if there are no bots on the leaderboard, first of all, like first first thing is I'm gonna have to remember how to be good at this game. <laughs> so I basically get less practice than anyone. Like, uh, but but second is I will I will have to uh, I will you know I'll have to see if I have that if it's something that I want. Yeah. For sure. All right. Well, if you want to get your question read out on next week's pod for the Bend the Snap section, shoot us a comment on YouTube and we'll get that queued up.
So let's go ahead and head into the main topic, which is going to be these nerfs. Before we get there, I just want to talk a little bit more about Conquest. I'm going to read off what Second Dinner wrote about uh, the format specifically, just so our listeners can get the info they need on it if they haven't heard about it yet. Um, so yeah, they say Conquest takes battle the battle mode format you know and love from friendly battles to the next level. In Conquest, players will queue up against other players to face off in battle mode to earn rewards. Winning in a series of battles without a loss unlocks tickets to higher leagues against tougher opponents, culminating with the with the Infinity League at the end of each season. Players will battle their way up to the top to claim ultimate victory and the best rewards. When you queue up for a Conquest match, you start by choosing which league to compete in. Proving Grounds, Bronze, Silver, Gold, Vibranium, Infinite. Proving Grounds is always available to play, but players need the corresponding ticket to access higher t- tiers. Tickets are earned by winning uh, a league series in the previous tier, for example, winning your silver series gets you a gold ticket. Players win a league series by defe- defeating three consecutive opponents. In addition to tickets for higher leagues, East Victory grants medals that can be used in the Conquest Shop to unlock exclusive rewards. There is a brand new Conquest Shop every season with new cosmetics, including a seasonal exclusive variant that can only be unlocked in the Conquest Shop. We think Battle Mode is a super friendly, uh, super fun way to play Marvel Snap, and Conquest lets you play Battle Mode whenever you want against the best competition for the best rewards the team is actively developing conquest and we ran out our first company wide play test like we, last week we hope you enjoy it in june um so yeah again no bots cam we already talked a little bit about sort of our thoughts on it but just to reiterate how are you feeling going into going into the june season or when this releases about having conquest available having no bots do you think this will take precedent over ladder do you feel like it will mean more to you over ladder and are you happy to see this sort of exclusive variants and just or exclusive rewards for competing in conquest at that i'll be wherever the bots aren't yep (laughs) (laughs) that's that's that is the extent of my take which i'll be be wherever the bots are not to be fair that should extend to regular ladder as well Eventually, there's no way that your experience, and I'm not saying everybody's experience, some people, you know, they get some bots, they get some players, that's maybe okay, but KMBS infinite experience is by no means acceptable. This thing where you break the parameters and exist in permanent bot elo, by the way, next season, you won't be able to drop it apparently. (laughs) So that's obviously a bug and not a feature. So I do think eventually... That they, they will fix that, right? So you should have an option of like both will have players. Do you think that Conquest will be a fun format to play? Do you think it'll be rewarding this idea of like you're in silver, you need to beat three opponents in a row, and now you go up to gold? Uh, how do you feel about that system? I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no! Like, yes, it rewards being on the heater, but it also rewards very heavily just nailing a metagame, right? Like, you, it, it's it's like a tournament in your client. I think that's cool. I'm sorry. Like, I I, I know people are going to be like, oh, three is too many, but, like, I, I don't know. I think it's cool. I think it's cool. I like Conquest. I like the sound of it. I like it. I like the idea of just being like, I am going to go on a run here, and I'm going to get it. Yeah, for sure. And I think that like, you know, a big appeal of Marvel Snap is obviously quick games. We call it like toilet play. You can play it whenever. Yeah. Um, it's okay. And I think it's good to have an option to go, you know, quote unquote, I guess, deeper than that, which I think Battle Mode does that. It does add a level of depth to playing Marvel Snap. Um, and there might not be a lot of depth, but it is something. And it does make you, I think, more invested in some of the games. You're right. You get to play this pseudo tournament in your client. I think it's a great quality life feature. I was surprised to see a complete additional matchmaking ladder 
in, you know, in conjunction with the other, I could have seen it being, you know, kind of like magic leagues where you go in, you yeah. get your medals and then you pay for your rewards, but it does look like it's going to be a ladder. I think, and let me know if you agree. Do you think that this will take precedent over the other ladder? Is this is like for people? I have that no will, idea. Yeah. Well, Anyone you, who says they know, if you, if you're about to tell me you, you know something, I don't think you know shit. Yeah, no one knows how people are going to react to this stuff is going to be so different because this stuff like the what ladder is, is going to be so different in a few months. The game is going to be so different in a few months. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I highly suspect that anything I said at this point would just be guessing. Yeah, which I think it's OK to guess. I, I would guess you that, do. Yeah, for sure. Right. Like you can you can like your opinion on what you think that players will sort of converge to is sort of like there is definitely a motivation for playing you know, any games ladder, but particularly Marvel Snap's ladder player, like they want to hit infinite rank because they feel like that's a, it's a qualification. It makes them feel good. It's an achievement. It's like an, a, something to aspire to, right? Uh, some sort of content you can aspire to. I believe that the most likely because of the lack of bots and the sort of longer form games that are, I guess, a bit more technical because of the way the information works, that reaching infinite in conquest will be the aspirational content of Marvel Snap. I mean, there is the leaderboard, which gets introduced as well, which is a whole nother dynamic. Um, but yeah, I could see that as like, you know, conquest is where a lot of the the more hardcore players will move to unless there is a compelling system that brings them back to the other ladder. Maybe it's just the leaderboard. I mean, I who knows? I just I think that like it maybe I think most like Sorry, I just really stumbled over my words. They're really just embarrassing performance for me, a professional <laughs> talker. But like, okay, it sounds good to you because you feel like you have the time to sit down and play three straight battle modes. Again, Marvel Snap is a game that people get to play on the toilet. Like, I just I just don't know how a, a more obscure format a more time-consuming format ends up becoming more popular when the game is literally named marvel snap now i don't know about you but i can't snap for 20 minutes that's not what i describe a snap as Mm -hmm. i think that uh i mean right now the most yeah the most compelling argument right now is lack of bots um but in the future, oh, yeah. we could see adjustments to the other system, the best of one system, um, sort of the standard system we have right now, where bots are either minimized at higher ranks, which you know some people already experience from seventy to one hundred anyway. But post infinite, I could see them taking out bots, um, you know, or at least heavily, heavily uh, minimizing them in a in sort of a post infinite infinite uh, ladder in the other system. Which yeah, you're right. It, it's hard to know whether it's going to be one or the other, but. Um, it is an interesting new system to compete on. And I'm very happy that they they put rewards into it and exclusive rewards to give you a reason to play it, right? And it feels cool. It feels like an achievement. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I'm not saying it's DOA or anything. I just think that, like, there's so many more things that go into this. Like, two or three big content creators becoming Conquest only could be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Or it could kill the content. I don't know. <laughs> like, I really, I truly have no idea what something like this could do for Marvel Snap. I hope it's awesome. I mean, I, I think it'll be super cool and I'm, I'm overjoyed that there's no bots in it. Yeah. So yeah, I guess this, you could, you would consider, you can consider conquest mode and rank conquest mode as like a sort of another format to play the game. Do you think that Marvel snap will benefit in the future from having many formats to play the game? Or do you think that um, they should keep it pretty focused in terms of like, you know, you have your best of one ladder, you have this conquest and then maybe you have like some sort of pseudo limited mode. Are you, do you welcome, more ways to engage with the game or do you think that it just becomes a bit clunky and cumbersome 
For an invested player, I think that stuff is great. Right now, though, the client is this perfect stripped-down thing where the only thing in the client is a way to give them money and then a button that says play. <laughs> like, it is, it is so perfectly distilled right now. It is literally just shop, play. That's it. The whole game. It, it like I, I find it hard to believe that any version of Marvel Snap would be bad because the core gameplay is so phenomenal. Yeah, like it, it is it is just one of those things where it's like, you know, the fact that it's only shop and play, right? Like we have, we have shop and play. The issues that Marvel Snap has are overwhelmingly caused by the first of those things. Yes. Like Marvel Snap has no issues with being a giant play button. That's awesome. The issues Marvel Snap has are shop issues. Mm -hmm. Well, and I suppose bot issues, but like that's not an issue for most people, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, honestly, the the outstand outstanding play and just the quality of the game allows for the shop to be as as bad as it is right now because it's it's unacceptable. We are seeing them making steps in the right direction. I talked about yep. a lot in last week's uh, last week's podcast. Some of the things are changing. Not quite there yet, but at least we're nope. Baby steps, you know, baby steps. We'll get there eventually. I know we will. Um, let's go into these nerfs specifically and talk a little bit about sort of the, um, I guess, the environment in which uh, that existed beforehand that made these nerfs sort of need to come about. So first off, Thanos. Thanos went from a 6.11 to a 6.10. Then also important, Space Stone. Space Stone used to be on reveal. Next turn, you can move one card at this location, draw a card. Now it's on reveal. Next turn, you can move one card to this location, important for Lockjaw, which we'll get into. And Quinjet now reduces the cost of cards to a minimum of one. It used to be zero. So let's talk a little bit about what that Thanos deck used to be and why this hurts that deck and sort of takes it down a peg. Um, first off, you know, Thanos 6, 6, 10, 6, 11 to 610, I mean, it's relevant, but it, I don't think it's nearly as big as the Space Stone and Quinjet. So Quinjet, what Quinjet would do is it would make your stones cost zero. Then you could sort of spam those stones into the Lockjaw lane. You would play Space Stone specifically um, to move your Lockjaw out of that lane, then kind of repeat the process. Sometimes playing Space Stone more than once, twice, maybe even three times a game, which was like probably the most overpowered thing you could do. Cam, with these... With these nerfs specifically, how much does it affect the deck and affect that version of the deck? You know, maybe Thanos is still a thing in like a, a different shell. I mean, it affects the deck. It's no longer the snap obvious best deck in the game. Uh, now it is more likely that there is going to be some variation in Thanos decks. In my most recent tier list, I highlighted two of them. I also think the Thanos ongoing shell could could be something real. So like right now, like there's, you know, Thanos as it was with just Psylocke in for Quinjet. Mm -hmm. There's the Johnson build of Thanos with his like the Death Wave Odin stuff. There's the ongoing Thanos build. There's the build of Thanos that is built for lane control with uh, Spider-Man and Valkyrie, right? That that deck I know is really good into Shuri, right? Like that that is a very good deck into Shuri that will that could end up mattering, right? But the issue is that deck, you know, let's start there. You start with like a lane control Thanos deck. Okay, you know what you lose to is the big boy Thanos deck running Killmonger. You lose to that really badly, right? And it's just like, oh, we're back in the arms race again. And I think that's probably good is bringing down like as previously it was just Thanos Lockjaw would beat everything. It would beat Shuri without even trying to beat Shuri, mm -hmm. right? 
Now, if you try to beat Shuri, you can beat Shuri, but you get vulnerable to the bigger Thanos decks. And I think that's a good dynamic, right? Like, I think that's at least pretty cool. I do wonder if the ongoing Shuri can be a good marriage between a deck that can beat, or the ongoing Thanos can be a good marriage between a deck that can beat Shuri and a deck that can beat other Thanos decks. I think mostly off the back of Iron Man, which is just, as always, an absolutely stellar card into Shuri decks. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah, it genuinely felt like the Thanos deck, the Thanos Lockjaw deck, when it was playing Space Stone to the Lockjaw lane, which was <laughs> was common because the 12 card deck, how many, how many cards you're drawing, especially with, uh, I think it's Mindstone drawing the other two cards. It did mm -hmm. feel like that, like that just felt like so, so powerful. You would be playing other decks, you're like, how do I even freaking compete with this? This person is activating Lockjaw's effect while thinning their decks of, uh, of the, the one, of the one cost stones, by the way. They're activating that effect six times in this game. You're like, this is disgusting. So I do think that that was correct. Quinjet making things cost zero. I mean, things costing zero in most games is a problem, but it's definitely a problem in Marvel Snap. And yeah, it was, it was really powerful for the, for those, um, for those gems. Let's talk about the Shuri nerfs. <laughs> So Red Skull. Five, oh yeah, those yeah. those dangerous nerfs to Shuri. Yeah, Red Skull five fifteen. Uh, originally ongoing enemy cards of this location have plus two power. It is now a five thirteen. Ongoing enemy cards of this location have a have plus one power. She Hulk went from a six ten to a six nine. Um, Arrow. Well, we'll talk about Arrow last. Last thing I want to talk about uh, in regards to Shuri is just the update to taskmaster it says these cards now require previously uh the previously played card to be in play in order to copy its attributes so for instance the way this works is let's say you play sherry red skull you want to play your taskmaster um your opponent has priority they play shang chi on your on your red skull which has been sherried it gets deleted previously your taskmaster would still copy the power now that no longer that's good that's no longer going to work same thing for like galactus if you end up playing the taskmaster in a galactus thing after it's been killed etc but km these nerfs what did they do to the deck and why didn't they work? Well, I mean, they didn't work because they weren't exactly designed to work, right? Mm. Like if you followed what Glenn Jones was saying on Twitter, Glenn Jones works for Second Dinner, was doing a lot of uh, good discourse on Twitter talking about the nerfs. They, he said, you know, our internal Shuri players said that 512 might kill the deck. and We didn't want to kill the deck. And uh, to those internal Shuri players, I say, uh, get over it. <laughs> Get over it. So one of the ways I've been thinking about this is like, okay, if you're playing Shuri into the biggest possible five drop, how big of a gap are you getting between playing Moon Girl into Devil Dinosaur, right? So it should be a little bit better than Moon Girl into Devil Dinosaur, which is 19, four plus probably the 15 from playing the second Devil Dinosaur. It should be better than that, right? Uh, but right now, Red Skull, we're looking at, you know, 2 uh, plus 26 is 28. You could argue minus 4, potentially 24. So let's say you just took a couple numbers off that. Red Skull is a 512 now. And it's, you know, it's it's 2 from the Shuri plus 24. That's 26. Maybe it's, you know, 22 if you have four mm -hmm. things in their lane. Maybe that's, maybe that's more in line. Maybe you take two points off of Red Skull. It ends up being, you know, the 2 from the Shuri plus 22 from the Red Skull, which ends up still being better with Taskmaster than anything else. But it doesn't power gap uh, Devil Dino that hard because you end up with, you know, 24 minus four is 20. That's that's like those are the things that are kicking around in my head is like, why is this combination of, you know, X plus Y so much stronger than, say, Moon Girl Devil Dinosaur? Yeah. 
What do you uh, so with the Red Skull nerf from five fifteen to five thirteen and the enemy locations at plus one power? Does this make vanilla Red Skull without Shuri better? You know, it's better at five thirteen. Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, right? vanilla Red Skull without Shuri is like actually just really good right now. Like <laughs> it's just an incredible card. Yeah. Uh, it's actually just at worst Abomination and most of the time significantly better than Abomination. It's just a good ass card. That's a really fantastic way of thinking about it, actually, is like phrasing it just like that, like at worst, it's abomination, but that requires your opponent to put four cards into yeah. that lane. Uh, yeah, so. it's like it's like with Lizard, right? Like Lizard. Yeah. At worst, it's uh, worse than Shocker. But like, how often does that happen? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, we're still all playing Lizard. Yeah. So, yeah, Red Skull is just a cut above most other fives right now. Great yeah. card. All right, well, let's talk about Arrow. Arrow previously was a 5-7. said, on reveal, move all enemy cards played this turn to this location. And now it says, and now it's a 5-8. And it says, on reveal, move the last enemy card played this turn to this location. Cam, your thoughts? I hate this so much. <laughs> I hate this so, so, so much. It's a big nerf, right? It sucks so bad. And, like, Glenn explained it by saying, you know, we don't want her to be diet leader. We want her to be big Polaris. And it's like, okay, well... First of all, give us something for diet leader, all right? Like, <laughs> give us some kind of control tool so we can play cards and get ahead and win games because that kind of like right now the diet leader is a uh, Hulk wave, right? You just you just do you know wave as your I'm ahead and I'm gonna stay ahead play, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like, oh my god, dude, why do you keep killing all of our diet leader plays? Like you can't you can't make one one cards like you couldn't make like a five cost arrow that moved in play order. You couldn't do that. You couldn't you couldn't just give her like four power. God, I'm so annoyed at this. I'm so annoyed at like the 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 style of play that seems to be under fire from them, especially given. Like, I don't know how many, I don't know how many cards in the future will be able to fill that control finisher mm -hmm. kind of role, right? I guess maybe they just don't ever want these sort of quasi-deterministic wins in their games, but it's like, I mean, the fact that they're quasi-deterministic kind of balances them in the context of cubes. Yeah. But what I think they're running into is that people don't give a shit if they're balanced in the context of cubes. They give a shit about how bad it feels. I do big things. Yeah. So... Quasi-deterministic is a really good description for what I thought, what I think turn six, turn six arrow used to be. Because like the biggest limiter on turn six arrow, not winning you the game when you were going to win two other lanes was the other, like the sort of third throwaway lane being filled up already, which you can kind of dictate that through the game. Um, and it made the card really, really good. It made it a really good turn six play. This change neuters that and it's also really easy to play around and it's particularly easy for shuri to play around because shuri's going to do taskmaster and then likely put the titania as well and this will move the titania which is like they don't really a lot care. of five plus ones yeah. it's not a, it's not a shock that shuri is so much better than it used to be now um yeah. like normally we like it's also not it's also like what it does do is open up a little bit of space in shuri right mm -hmm. which is to say one of the reasons cosmo in my opinion was absolutely mandatory was because it shut down opposing arrows in addition to opposing Shang-Chi. Yes. And arrow was everywhere. Absolutely. And now, you know, it's possible that without arrow everywhere, Cosmo gets worse. The issue is, of course, Cosmo is just kind of like a broken card. <laughs> <laughs> like, Cosmo is just kind of messed up generally. Like, the thing I think people don't get about Shuri is that, you know, yeah, it has the Shuri stuff in it, but also uh, every card in the deck is one of the best cards in the game. Like every card in the deck is a card that is or should be on a balance watch list. Every single one of them, all of them, every card. 
every like what is the worst card in the shirt deck? Polaris. Like I guess the exception would be Vision because now we we you know we used to run uh, Arrow in there and now we run Vision instead. So I guess mm. I guess. The old Shuri deck with Arrow, that's the one where every card in it should have been on the balance watch list at some point, right? Mm -hmm. And now, you know, that one of them was so clearly on the balance watch list that it got hit. But, like, when you just run through the deck, like, Sunspot, one of the best one-cost cards. Titania, literally a 1-5. Zero, literally a 1-3 with upside in your deck. All of these cards are just well above rate. Armor is an insane tech card that has one more point of power than it should. Cosmo is one of the best cards in the game. Polaris is costed like her thing is a downside, but it's actually an upside. Like every single one of these cards, yeah. every card in the damn deck, especially now that Red Skull is the way that he is, is just, just good. Just a good card. I feel like... Uh... One of the things I've actually been kicking around is I want to see if we can optimize Titania a little bit more. I want to try running Green Goblin in it. I want to. Mm. I want to do. I want to do Titania Goblin plays on four when I don't draw Shuri. Isn't that just heinous? Yeah, that sounds heinous to me. I'd be interested to see it. I want. I want to say that I think that at least in the past few months. So uh, I mean, probably since since release. To be honest, it feels like the best deck in Marvel Snap has been a coagulation of the highest rate cards more often mm -hmm. than not. Maybe Thanos wasn't 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 that because it was playing Lockjaw and it was playing these big fatties. Yeah, Thanos just deck. cheats. It's exactly. not really like a fair comparison. So it feels like in Marvel Snap, unless your deck is like cheating, you should just throw it's just it's all kind of a mashup of good stuff, right? We had like mover, we had the leader decks, you know, now we have this. It just feels like the above rate cards just work so well on their own that they just slot into this. Yeah, I mean, I think I think a big culprit, frankly, is She-Hulk. Like She-Hulk Sunspot just sort of going in all mm. of these decks is just like, OK, like, I don't know. I don't know what like I get the nerf to She-Hulk, but like you, that's not really doing much, is it? Mm. <laughs> She-Hulk Sunspot, like the, the old combination was She-Hulk Sunspot Arrow, but now it's She-Hulk Sunspot, whatever other broken five who gives a shit like it's it's just good. Yeah, my it's question just good. My question for you regarding Arrow is: you talked about um, building Series Three decks last week. I talked about playing um, on a new account, right? So you asked me a question. You said I had one card that was in every single deck, and what was it? It was Arrow. Do you think that Arrow was too powerful? Um, maybe pre Infinite. Yes. Like, yeah. So do you think that that's? Do you think that motivated the nerf was actually a lower collection level dominance? I think if that's what it did, then short-sighted, because Arrow was also the best tool for those people at a lower collection level to compete once they got to a higher one. It always goes like it, that. A eh? leader was the free-to-play hero. <laughs> no, like, that's how it is. Like, that's how it is. Because, like, look, if you're in the middle of Series 3 and you're losing to all these Arrow control decks, well, just fucking wait till they start playing Thanos, too. Mm -hmm. Like, you're going to need that Arrow. You're going to need that tool. But I think a lot, of, a lot of card gamers get sort of caught up in I lost to X... It's unfun, right? Like, I, I always think it's very hard to determine what actually is and is not toxic mm -hmm. for a game because the number one determinant of whether or not you had fun in the game you're playing is if you won. And people will try to lie about this. People will be like, no, I like losing. To no, you fucking don't. You fucking don't. You are lying either to yourself or to me if you say that shit. You don't like losing unless there's no stakes. Like the only reason you'd be like, ah, oh, I like losing to like whatever random bullshit is because you're already infinite and you don't care. 
if you care about the game, you don't like losing. You're not happy with losing. And so the things that make you lose are the things that you direct your anger at. Leader, arrow, leech. These are the cards that beat you. Now, is that actually, like, is that a way, is that a good theory of how to nerf things? Just nerf everything that people hate? I don't know. Maybe. We'll, we'll, always be like, we'll always be chasing something then, right? Like, this, like the thing. Right, but like, is that, is that bad? Like, like people, people like to act like that's bad. Like, oh, you'll always be chasing something. You'll always be, you'll always be behind. It's like, ah, no, no, no. I think fun. it's, you'll like the community will always be pissed off if they just get catered yes. to by nerfing the one sort of, the one sort of top end card that's blowing people out at the end game, which is, which is what pieces people off, by the way, it tends to be these cards. What, what surprises me is the card that I disliked the most in Marvel Snap's history so far is actually Zabu. I thought Zabu was really boring, oh, yeah. right? I thought that that, that for me, like I thank God they were not tournaments then. Holy yeah. Sh- I did not enjoy that because I thought it took a lot of the sort of the player agency post literally drawing Zabu on curve out of the game. Leader, yeah, it's annoying to play against and it was sometimes a catch 22 where it's like you play around the leader, you lose, you play into the leader, you lose, whatever. Arrow kind of same thing. But it felt like it was somewhat symmetrically fair and like you were actually thinking before you retreated that game or stayed in Zabu was a little bit less so but yeah I do think that there's a vicious cycle there where it's like you know if it is the leech if it is the leader if it is the arrow it's like there's going to be that one card that people tend to play on the turn five or turn six that just wins the game and it's going to make people angry because they lose to it more than they don't because it is the top end good card and we just keep catering and nerfing that card not a good cycle that doesn't mean the arrow nerf is a bad nerf and it didn't need to happen. Leader nerf didn't need to happen, et cetera, et cetera. But I do think that there is a negative to always going after the quote unquote card, you know? Yeah. I mean, okay. So yes, but as long as they're on top of it, I think it should be fine. Mm-hmm. The issue I'm having is like, look, <laughs> I am begging them to hit, hit red skull with a, a, an OTA nerf. Look into my eyes. I'm begging you to tone this card down. Like, I, I just like you. you okay. It, has it been long enough for us to say that the Sherry Red Skull deck is still out of whack? Is that not enough? Like, do I need to start beating a bunch of bots with it in infinite doing my part to make its numbers look like shit? Like, I, I don't know what you want from me, but like this thing is one or two power too strong. It's not mm-hmm. like the most broken thing we've ever had. It's just, you know, it's a little above rate and you should probably do something about it, especially now that you have the ability to do something about it. Yeah. The one thing I will say about <clears throat> this sort of very, I mean, you could call it borderline aggressive nerfing is that whether we like, whether I like their nurse or I agree with the nurse or not, the Marvel Snap metagame has been dynamic and shifting and most of that has been a result of nurse some of it has been the broken season pass cards that kind of came out back to back but we do tend to be in like month to month the meta does change quite a bit um which i guess does keep the game fresh i think marvel snap does has done a really good job with that not only with the, the nerfs but also the, re- the release of new cards like the fact that we get three to four new cards every single month is absolutely crazy if they're all shadow kings it doesn't feel crazy <laughs> but overall it's like we are spoiled as as people who play this game every day and especially as content creators so yeah i mean the nerfs have contributed that they have kept things fresh as much as i hate artificially nerfing the game in order to make it dynamic and fresh um it is something there's a couple other nerfs here cam um actually there's just really one i want to talk about it's just it's not really nerfs morbius and null basically morbius's power no longer updates in hand or in deck only at location so 
big takeaway here is you can't Dracula it. So like your Dracula can't Dracula mm-hmm. your Morbius and still be big. Null, Null's power up still updates in hand, but no longer updates in deck um, for whatever that's worth. That's it. Uh, Cam, do you have any sort of closing thoughts on the new meta, nerfs, et cetera, other than please take down Red Skull one or two points? Uh, uh, okay, yeah, I've got one more. Um, mm. Are you ready? Yes. Please take down Red Skull <laughs> one or two points. That's it. You heard it here. All right. Well, no review for us this week, but if you do listen to the podcast, you do enjoy it, and you want to support us, the thing you can do to help us the most is leave us a review. It helps so, so, so much. Um, you can do that at ratethispodcast.com slash a snapshot, or if you want to go to your own pod platform, do it on Apple Podcasts. That does help the most. Um, there's a video version of this on youtube.com slash at the underscore snapshot. Like this. Oh, I wonder, I wonder, hold on. I'm interrupting you here. I'm interrupting oh, good. It's if all you. If you get to a thousand, if you get to a thousand uh, YouTube YouTube uh, subscribers, right, mm-hmm. and you apply as the podcast to the Marvel Snap Creator Program, mm-hmm. did I just earn you two thousand gold? Oh, is it a gold thing? Yeah, you get two thousand gold. I didn't even know. Um, I actually didn't even know. Oh, the... Maybe maybe I shouldn't tell you that. Maybe you should edit that out. Actually. <laughs> I have secret? no idea if that's public information. I actually, I actually have no idea if that's public information. It probably is. I mean, with the amount of people that got like this, actually, no I actually, now that you mention it, I do not think it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, edit that out. Okay, all right, edit at one. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll, uh, we'll <laughs> think it is. I need to go figure out. Hold on. It's got. Uh, it's got to be Marvel this. Snap Creator Program. There's no way they just cheek everybody 2K tokens like hundred like over 100 people. Oh, it's not 2K tokens. Oh, 2K gold. 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 Um, Oh, no, it it is there. It is public. It is public. It says as part it's public on marvelsnap.com slash creator program. Members will receive 2000 gold per month. Okay, we don't have to edit this out. (laughs) You do. You do get. 2000 gold a month. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, so my thoughts about the creator program, and I think I I don't know too much. I didn't even know about the gold, right? But what I do think it will be in the future, which is actually, um, I mean, this, this would be big. Is like, if you look at something like Fortnite and the way they use content creator codes, um, it's like how they reward all their creators, not the YouTube, not all the, just YouTube and podcasts, but also the people that create the maps. Basically they get a code and whenever people buy in-game skins and stuff like that, there's a little kickback. Mm. And it's like, it's very, it's like a very good win-win system from the high level that I understand it at. So I would be, I would be surprised if they don't implement that, but maybe, you know, who knows? Um, and whatever early access and stuff you get from being on that thing. Anyway, we're close to one K. <laughs> so hit that like and subscribe yeah. Twitter. Get at- Brendan, get Brendan 2000 gold and a green name in the official Marvel snap discord. You know what I wish cam? I wish, mm. uh, that we could give people bundles. Like we could do giveaways with bundles. Like if you could, buy bundles, convert them to codes, and then give them away. I, yeah, it's actually feature. just like PayPaling someone 20 bucks. Well, that's the thing. It's like, it's not that. And I think it's like a huge distinction. Yeah. It's like you can give someone like a bundle and like that would be cool. But right now, it's I hope they add that soon. Anyway, Twitter, KMBestMS, Brennan APG, KM Streaming on Twitch. It's going to be a new season coming up here in a week. Will this man hit Day 1 Infinite again? Or... Podcast, oh. or podcast 1 Infinite. Is that it? Is it Podcast 1 Infinite where you hit it while recording? <laughs> I don't even know, man. Like, oh, I would be like, oh, yeah, let's do a day one infinite. But it's like, okay, I guess it's like the one time people will want to watch me play bots. Yeah. I mean, it's as much as it probably gets repetitive for you. I think it's a little bit hype for like, you know, 
infinite as fast as possible. There's I not. actually have a Patriot deck I like now, so we're 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 in the bot farming meta now. <laughs> I'm we waiting. Are. I'm waiting for the move deck, the cam move deck. It's coming. Anyway, thanks everybody for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one.